happen. Hi, you guys. My name is Rose Greenspan. And I'm Claire Pelevine. And welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Cox. Let's Talk Cox. And so today's episode is going to be on 2K planning, 2K prep, just like a little overview of 2K season and sprint season with it coming like right upon us. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Claire, have anything to say before we get into it? I like sprint season so much more. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. I love sprint races. They're so great. Um, so to jump in, we're going to be talking about planning. So a big part of planning for me is race plans. Um, yeah. Yeah. So for like newer coxswains or like people who don't really like know that much, I guess, race plans are just like, I don't like at specific it's like a brief every race you do like a power 10 or like a focus 10 or towards the end you'll like sprint and just go like as fast as you can it's like the outline to your instead yeah, of like an essay race. it's like the outline to your race yeah it's like the bare bones that it could change at any minute during the race which yeah. is why coxswains have so much fun during races <laughs> yeah I think that's such a that's a much better way to put it than what I explained um someone as far as like planning goes someone asked about like race day rituals and if we have any and Claire do you want to start here okay so I feel like there's so many things that like when you think of a race day ritual like in your head you're just like this is what I do on race day so it's just how this works like you don't think of it as a ritual yeah I guess for me the night before when I'm showering, I do my, like, I do my hair and I braid it. But while I'm in the shower, I, like, visualize my race, like, what calls I think I want to make. At Sarasota, we don't know what boats we're in until the date, like, until we get to the regatta. Oh, really? So oh, it's a little weird. bit of a free-for-all, yeah. like, <laughs> and it gives you, like, another, like, okay, so if I'm in this boat, it gives you scenarios. Yeah. It's, like, a full-on scenario haven in my shower while I'm washing my hair. Yeah. And then I braid my hair. So I like having my hair braided at races. Just, I don't know, I started doing it because in my head, I'm like, reduces drag. I, it probably doesn't. <laughs> but in my head, I, I think of you. Okay, helpful. okay. I have like really, like really poofy curly hair too. And like, I swear it's a thing. Like, I feel like I've convinced myself that like, if I don't wear it in a specific way every day or like every race day, it like, increases boat drag <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> whatever sure. works okay for my race nice having, like, yeah go ahead um I don't have any like big ones like that all that if I'll, it's like bef- the day before a race I like have to do a certain thing like I don't have anything like too serious but the night before I'll always like journal I don't I don't know if it would be like considered journaling because it's not like writing about like how my day went and stuff but like writing down like how I feel about how the race is gonna go tomorrow and like calls I love that because it it just helps me like get out some of the nervousness usually and so I just like write it all out and then I think that's it I don't have anything like too big I mean if you count like taking everything out of my bag and making sure I have what I need for yeah 
I feel like that's kind but of. But I feel like that's also me, like. Though. Like I do that before every practice anyway. So. Oh. Yeah, my bag gets like newly cleaned before I got it. It's always yeah, nice it, and fresh. And then it gets filled with like Mott's gummies. So. <laughs> and then another part of my ritual and like part of my planning too is I have a right in the rain. I don't know like if a lot of you guys use that, but I use it like very often because it's like it's basically just like a little journal that can get wet and like it'll still be fine but in that I write down our race time like what time we have to meet as a boat what time we have to launch be at the start line um that sort of thing and then I also write down my lineup I don't I know my line like (laughs) I feel like that's just like a thing to like write it down and then also helps me remember it usually and then I also write down our warm-up and race plan, like, all on the same page. So if I'm on the water, I can just, like, look down at my right in the rain, and, like, it's all there if I need it. And so that's another part of, like, my ritual and planning that I do. Yeah, that's also, like, a really good tip for, like, younger coxswains. Yeah, because I start- You can get really overwhelmed by having, like, everything in your head. I'm the opposite <laughs> a little bit. I <laughs> Uh, the camp that we did RSR yeah. for my eight race, I had like stuff written down because like it was like a dedicated third five hundred, and I can't remember everyone's dedicated yeah. person's oh name. Oh my gosh, I remember. As that. amazing as I am, I can't do that. So <laughs> uh, I wrote it down, and my handwriting's small, so I was like, I I can't read, I can't read. Yeah, yeah. So and like, that? but like it, it makes sense if you do it right. Yeah, I don't think I did it right. <laughs> yeah, and especially like. For newer coxswains and even older coxswains, it, it just really helps to have it, like, all written down on one page. In a lot of people like, also do yeah. it on, like, their legs or something. I yeah. like it on a, I like the idea of paper so you can always look back to it. Yeah. And then... Because that's always, that's always a good thing, looking back on, like, what you used to do. hmm Speaking of race plans, someone asked what our go-to race plan outline was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, giving away our secrets. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be very honest, our coach for my team gives us a race plan that he wants us to follow. And I'll follow, like, his outline and everything. And then sometimes I'll add, like, my own things in, too. Like, if I'm close with the boat and I know, like, what they want, I'll add, like, somewhere in the third 500 like you did like a dedicated like 10 strokes that like they really like and so his plan usually starts with obviously the start out of the stake boat and then a middle move and then the sprint I don't want to like say too much but yeah no but that's fair that's fair yeah um uh let's see how can I things in yeah you go how can I do this without being too descriptive? Because like yeah. every team has like their little their little yeah. secrets. Uh, so we do our start and like our high and our settle, that sort of basic thing. Every team is different for those things. Yeah. And that's something you talk to your coach or your crew about because I cox girls and guys. My team is kind of mixed. Uh, so at least coxswains are. But yeah. teams are separate. Mm-hmm. It's weird. They're sort of funky. Uh <laughs> But the guys have a different start than the girls and the guys have like a different high number of strokes. You just have to like figure that out with your team and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like I'll do like some sort of rhythm thing to get the rhythm of the boat. Our middle move, 
and then like I gather somewhere where I feel like it's needed that's the fun thing about coxing mm-hmm. it's where you feel like you need it yeah and then like sprint yeah also particular to every crew yeah so. um yeah and then it's another part of our planning that I like to do is race day visualization so yes. I'll, like, I'll like sit in my hotel room like on my bed eyes closed like the room has to be silent like most of my roommates are asleep at this point but I'll like sit there and like go through my race plan like the night before in my head and like visualize it on the course like after a practice row or something and I'll also like do this visualization like as I'm going down the course if I have a practice row with my boat the day before and I'll also that leads into the next thing which is talking to your boat one-on-one I'll usually talk to my boat like the morning before if we have time and I'll like try to go through that visualization process with them sorry and it doesn't have to be long like you don't have to like take it stroke by stroke like I'll just call out like the few like important moves during the race that will like really like help it get into their heads kind of thing I don't know yeah yeah and with that I've in the past run into trouble when you're like trying to be descriptive like yes I have a plan and you outline it like all Mm -hmm. beautifully everything you wanted to do Mm -hmm. try to keep it brief like be like this is what we're starting this is where we're planning on doing a move like if you're talking yeah keep going oh go ahead (laughs) so like if you're talking to your boat like on land and doing a like race visualization like try to keep it vague like not vague but like just give them like what they need because you don't want to give them like too much and then they'll like lose interest when you say the same thing on the water like during the race that and also if you change your race plan they might be like what is this th- what is this coxswain doing oh yeah, my god like, this is not what they talked about things, but you might have to change it so yeah because things can sometimes like change when you get on the water like depending on like how the competition uh, like 100 yeah. out on the water that sort of thing and so yeah and then talking to my boat what i said before also a really big thing because i like talking to my boat like the night before the morning of type of thing hopefully the night before to give myself more time but I like hearing from them on like what they want to hear from me during the race no exactly and then you can also uh I'm all over the place when you're talking about visualizing in your head Mm -hmm. on your bed at races if you are not in a hotel room (laughs) with roommates or if your roommates don't care yeah you, know, you can go either way just might be a little weird for you to like you could like talk out your race like yeah. visualize it and like cox it not like full out you don't need to be screaming in a hotel but <laughs> you can like do that if your roommates don't care that you're doing something weird yeah. uh all right you can also yeah and with talking to your rowers you can also yeah. talk to them after a race if you have like heats and finals yeah heats time trials finals or time trials, heats, whatever, you know. They'll give you feedback. Yeah. They know what they like and what they don't like. I they hope. sure do. <laughs> and then moving on from planning, another part of 2Ks is the mindset, which someone asked oh, yes. about. And so 
so moving into the mindset is like talking about like the practice shifts from like as you transition from fall season to spring season and just like how in fall you may do more like long steady state pieces and then spring you get more into like short like quick pieces to like get yourselves ready and yeah and it's like the rates are like, different too yeah and that also just leads into like the mindset part of it like how do you think about like coxing from fall to spring you know yeah yeah I'm sorry I'm do trying you wanna, to do you want to go Chris, or do you want me to you got it <laughs> okay so mindset wise it's a little more intense a lot more intense I'll say yeah, for sure because now you have a lot more at least for most teams I feel like spring season has I'm not gonna say more important but the more like it's like the intense season that everyone looks forward to yeah and it's like a little bit high stress because you have states regionals nationals for yeah. most people like there's like stuff you're leading up to it goes by so quickly like yeah. to think that I don't even know what is it 100 days till Nats oh my goodness that's now that you put so it like, like that that sounds so like soon we had a meeting the other day and they said that and my heart dropped I was like yeah oh, oh my gosh okay yeah okay but like mindset wise you have to be I don't know if this is mindset but like intense yeah kind of mindset yeah it's I like feel- yeah 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 it's I mindset feel- we're gonna go with it <laughs> I feel like mindset of intensity comes more like as you approach that start line, like as you're getting into that stake boat, I feel like there's like the tension builds in your boat kind of thing. Like, oh my as God, yes, you can feel like the energy of like, yeah, you can feel <sighs> that energy like shift a little. Yeah, you can even feel that at practice. Mm-hmm. Like, or like, if you're doing like pieces, and like you're approaching our team, just like the second to last piece is like all out because you always have more to give. So it's yeah. like the second to last piece, like everyone in the boat's like, all right, it's time to like yeah. hammer it out. And yeah, yeah, it's like you feel it as a coxswain. You're like, oh, all right, I guess, yeah. I guess we're gonna go. Like, no, because sometimes I cox men's and like with the mindset, like I'll be fully there and like fully in on these pieces. And the mindset of the guys is just like, I'll like ask them how they're doing in between pieces in their mindset just seems like it's so much more intense than mine oh just my god yeah they're the, they're the ones like physically rowing and you know because you cox I feel like that's also a good thing though yeah because one of my coaches said like you don't want to artificially raise their heart weight wow yeah, words exactly. heart rate if you don't need to so yeah. it's like in the first 500 if you're I'm gonna go into races now okay yeah. that happened yeah Segway. Okay. Uh, if you're in the first 500 and you're like screaming it out, mistake yeah. I used to make. Uh, it's like you're <laughs> no. excited, you have a lot of energy, but they're also they also have a lot of energy. So when energy and it's just it's a lot. There's just a lot. So if you're a little, I guess first 500, you should be a little more chill. Yeah, because there you want to be more internal. So if you're scream screaming, yeah. it's less internal. Even if you're screaming internal things. I feel, yeah, I feel like a good way of putting it is, like, internalizing it. Yes. Um, <laughs> that summed it up very well, Rose. Yeah, because when my co- my coach, like, we went back 
and we listened to like my first ever 2k race you have that on recording (laughs) yeah oh my god I don't have mine oh now that's so sad (laughs) and compared to like my latest 2k recording which is still from like June 2021 or something or July 2021 but still like just I feel like a good way of putting it is for that mindset like as you pull into that stake boat you need to stay as calm as you can like and then like as you approach that finish line from stake boat to finish line your intensity and your voice and mindset should build perfect perfect wording like because in that first 500 you don't need to be like screaming like hopefully the field isn't like too far apart in that first 500 nothing if it is you're up that's and then like by that last 500 they like everyone should be putting their all out into that last 500 yeah so really like communicating where you are as well yeah just like where you are in the field where you are in the race because I know every single rower wants to turn their head either yeah. to see where the line is or to yeah. see where the other boats are. I know they want to. Mm-hmm. I know some of them might. I don't see I it all the time. So. Yeah. But like, I also can't see Bell Four's heads. So. Yeah. Okay. Really just making sure they don't need to turn their head. Yeah. Like keeping yeah. yourself and them internal too. Is yes, a big part 100%. of it. And then with like keeping them internal, um, someone we're gonna move into like some Q and A time. And yeah, so, I'm gonna read through the questions. Yeah, someone you stall for me, Rose. Someone asked, "How do you multitask with encouraging steering and making sure people do the right thing?" And oh god, um, I really could not like. This is. Like to fully go into it would be such a long explanation because I could be a full episode, do not know like, how literally. to put it into words. Um, I feel like just so much. This is gonna sound so it. bad. Yeah, I feel like you just do. Like yeah. you do it at practice yeah. almost every day. Like yeah. if you're doing pieces on the water or even just like a steady state. Yeah, you have to maybe not the encouraging on a steady state. You do a little bit, but it's not but, as much. But yeah. you steer. And make sure people do right. So I feel like steering, the steering aspect of it is kind of like a second nature type thing now. Like, I don't really think about steering unless I'm in like a really stressful situation anymore. For me, it's, I think about it more in a four than I do in an Icox eights primarily, at least on the race course. So when I'm in a four, I can't see the blades relative to the buoys mm-hmm. so in my head I'm like I think about it more but it's more of a I'm aware of it but that's not surround that's not the biggest deal yeah and then yeah the last little part of this question is multitasking with making sure people do the right thing oh, God. to be quite honest I cannot do that sometimes like especially on the men's team they all <laughs> Like, this is gonna sound like kind of kind of bad but sometimes they just do what they want in the boat like no, that's fair that's fair stop the guys from doing some of the things they do like 
because we'll be we will have like a lot of fun at practice and then like trying to like bring it back in to like start a piece or something that's probably the hardest part is yeah 100 sure like, the right thing i feel like that goes along with like making sure they know what's expected so yeah, what's if happening. you have a problem with like let's say bob is <laughs> has a problem with I don't want to use names. Yeah. Bob's a good, yeah. Uh, let's say Bob has a tendency, like, you know, every practice, he it's thinks like, it's funny to, during the piece, check it down. Yeah. I'm doing the most wild example you can here. Yeah. Uh, let's say Bob thinks that's funny. Uh-huh. Telling him, you can't do that while we're racing. That would be yeah. problematic for, like, X reasons like blah blah blah. give like an example to Bob. like handle a situation like that I honestly wouldn't really address it on the water yeah because I wouldn't want to like distract the other people in the boat true like more than necessary so I'd probably like go up to him after practice or like text him or something and just address it there yeah but you still if it happens you tell him to stop and but you don't have to elaborate until after until like if it keeps happening it's also like by everything in coxing dam it's by like circumstance it's like what is it it depends Mm -hmm. and then someone asked about you you were talking about fours and steering and so someone asked in fours how do you know how far other boats are behind you you don't (laughs) i feel like as long as they're not like within my peripheral vision, you do like there's not really much of a need to like call out on them unless like I can hear that coxswain's voice getting like closer and closer. I'll be like, all right, you guys, if I we're like, I'll be like, the boat next to us is like walking up on us. I want us to like push them back or something like that. But yeah. like, and you can also able- keep in mind that your rowers see them and yeah. before they yeah. see it. Yeah. And also, like, if you're in a really like, if you really like actually want to see how far other boats are behind you and like you need to call out like a length, two lengths, however much, I like this this also sounds not great, but like I'll just do a quick little like 180 with my head, like sit up a little like turn around real quick and then check like do a little quick check there to see how far they are if I really need to. But usually I don't need to. Yeah, like I feel like it depends on the race 100% like time trials like if you feel like there's turn around like there's no need to yeah if it's like in a race for like let's say it's semifinals of some sort of thing and you're questioning do I conserve or do I sprint yeah do a quick little check to make sure no boats are there would probably be a good idea so you're not like kicked off yeah. of so you're not brands like, because you yeah. didn't sprint in semis yeah like or, like, if you're in grands and there's, like, you're in, like, the last 500 and you do not know where other boats are behind you, like, that's when I do that, like, quick little head turn and check to yeah. see where everyone else is. So, like, you hold that, like, first place or whatever place you're in. Yeah. Definitely. Moving- oh, also speaking of steering fours. Yeah. Someone asked, how is it like steering the boat during a 2K race? 
yeah and how you keep wow, it we're so good at this yeah um so um i'm gonna talk about eights for that right now because those are pretty easy for eight yeah i just look at the blades and like how far my port blades are and my starboard blades are from the buoys and just try to keep that like an equal distance I yeah you can do one of two things there you can either keep them an equal distance which i feel like most coxswains do yeah or you can gauge a disc you can look at one side's blades and be mm-hmm. like it's x amount far away from the buoy on my starboard the buoy yeah. line on my starboard so i'm gonna keep it that the whole time the whole time yeah yeah and then you have like so i feel like both looking at both can like it can be confusing yeah if you're looking back and forth yeah so there's that and I think that would help in a four too because you can kind of see Bassfield's blade yeah so you can also in a four what I do sometimes is I'm like I choose like if I'm sitting at that in that stake boat I'll like look straight ahead at where my bow ball is pointed once I have my point And I'll say like, oh my God, like my bow ball is pointed at this one tree. I'm going to make sure my bow ball stays with this one tree the whole race. Or like, yeah, I'll find one point that my bow ball lines up to and I'll just hold that the whole race in a four. Yeah, and definitely I feel like if like the finish line is far away and you can't really see one distinct point, Mm -hmm. you can do a mix of the two. Yeah. I had a race today with Masters and... Speaking of, take every opportunity you can. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Any extra boats but, you can is always helpful. Yeah. Just if you can, if you get an opportunity to cox another boat, take it. Like, yeah. what's the worst that happens? Anyway, so I was going down the course and like, I don't cox fours very often and I have very sensitive rudder. And I was like, okay, this is great. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I go down, I'm having like funky. And then I see this white bench. And I'm like, this white bench lines up perfectly. And I'm just like, yeah. white bench, white bench, white that. Yeah, that was the last 250 for me. White bench. Yeah. Lovely. And then. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else do we have? What else? Our favorite Question. race of all time that we've been oh, in. Oh, God. Do you, I, ha- I think I have mine. Do you want me to go first? What do you think of yours? Yeah, go ahead. I'm okay. between two. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite race of all time is probably my u17 men's eight and we were in the c finals at nats in 2021 and so c finals men's u17 eight and i'll talk about a little um yeah why why is it your favorite of all time yeah my favorite right it's my favorite because for the first 1750 meters we were tied dead even and like going back and forth, like taking one seat, then taking another, like with this other boat next to us, I could not tell you who it is anymore, but with this boat in the lane next to us up until like that last 250. And we honestly brought the rate up to like a 42 or so, like something crazy. I don't know if it was a 42, but something we probably should not have been at for a U17-8. Um, and then we ended up winning by like half a length, I think. Yes. So it was really probably just like that competitive environment of like we were right there with like one or two other boats the whole race and then like pulling ahead and winning it was probably the best feeling. Yeah. Mm. Lovely. All right. You have to mention both. 
I I can't I can't choose. Okay. And I have like my reasonings for both. So we'll keep okay. both of them short and sweet. Okay. So it's either speaking of like close races and stuff. Yeah. My okay, what was it? The freshman men's eight at FSRA States okay. in 2021. That's the race. And we were tied. Like we finished in a tie. Ooh, oh, that Which, is that's scary. I, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. And we were just there's just we have been fighting it out this whole time with that other crew the entire time. And like I just thinking back during our middle move, my voice cracked because I was like screaming so much. Yeah. It was it was so intense. Like the energy was so high. Like speaking of like you bringing the rate up to like a 40, we like jacked our rate and it was like insane. And then yeah. we crossed the line. And we just looking at the other crew, we were all like so happy with how we like had performed. But it was also just looks of confusion. Like we were just pointing at each other, like good race, but like what yeah. happened? Yeah. We wound up tying. It's a lovely photo. <laughs> uh, it's literally like the bow balls are straight down the line. Yeah. So that's just fun because it was so much energy and yeah, fighting it out. And the other ones, my U17 women's you. Yeah, U17 women's Nats race in 2021. Oh my gosh, I watched so you just like, that race. You did so good. <laughs> okay, oh, keep thank you. <laughs> Love you, Rose. Uh, <laughs> but I had just been seat raced off the men's U17 eight. Lovely. Yeah. And like on that eight, like it just felt like people were like happy about it. Like not, not to say that. Actually, I feel like I was just not happy with it because yeah I've been seat raised up and that sucks yeah but I switched to the other boat and just the energy I don't know what about it was but they were like whoa they're all having a good time like we bonded so well they're my favorite boats I literally ah I love them uh and we just it was just the way we bonded that I loved because I was literally with them for two weeks yeah when I say those two weeks were the fastest two weeks of my life or the (laughs) longest like, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, that was, and like, we weren't expected to do much in that race. You guys did like, so well. You guys finished like third overall. I know, but we didn't know what happened. Like, we knew, but we <laughs> didn't believe it. So when we got back to the dock, we were all like straight face, like, yeah, celebrate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when our coach told us, we were like, it was just shock. Once yeah. again, like shock. And I was like, Mm-hmm. I haven't processed it yet, apparently. So, yeah. yeah. Wait, we have yeah. two more questions. We'll go with... Okay, this one's gonna... These two kind of go together. So, one is, how do you motivate your boat? And then another one is your favorite call or one that made, like, an instant change in the boat? Lovely. Okay, so we'll start Perfect. off with, how do you motivate your boat? Do you want to go first for this one? Sure. Okay. So I feel like, wow, I'm just going to say this to all the questions. Yeah. It depends on your crew. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm assuming you've, I don't know if this is a crazy assumption. I'm assuming you've coxed that boat at least once. The yeah. one you're racing with, or you've spoken you- to the rowers in that boat at least once. Yeah, or like, you know them like off the water yeah. or something. So, like, 
it's something where if you have no idea what to say at all, you can call where other boats are and be like, one of the most powerful things for a lot of rowers is we're walking. Like, oh my, fa- okay, yeah, um, I want to. I'll save that. I was about to say my favorite call. I'll wait. I'll wait on the, that one. Till the next you can one. go. You can go. Go ahead. No, wait, hold it. Hold it. Okay. So how I motivate my vote? I hate that I'm saying this to every question, but it depends. Um, because at my home club, Atlanta Juniors, Icox Men's. And then at RSR, it's an all-girls camp. So obviously, I got girls there. And just the balance between, like, going from only ever coxing men's to, like, all of a sudden, I'm only coxing women's was really weird. Because, like, I was coxing a 2K at Ready, Set, Row once. And I remember... Because the guys on my team are very, like, split-driven. If they want to be at, like, a 140 and they're at, like, a 142 and you say, Bob, you're at a 142, move it down to a 140 here in two, and then they'll, like, bring it down. But, like, at RSR, I was coxing a 2K, and I was, like, I don't know. I'm, like, I was, like, okay, you're at a one – like, I'll use the same situation. You're at a 142 – you need to be down at a 140. And I like started saying that. And the girl I was coxing was like, shut up. And so I'm like, and so like, that was just kind of like the first time at RSR where I was like, oh, this is going to be really different. So like, yeah, just that balance of like knowing your rowers and like what motivates them personally. And then like what motivates them as a boat. Yeah. Cause when I say this, like, I don't even say this lightly men and women coxing is so different you have like the same general things but they're complete they're so different like yeah I switch every other day uh-huh men women men women it's crazy like the things I say sometimes in my head I'm like don't say that because x person doesn't like this yeah and I think correct me if I'm wrong <laughs> this is like a generalization that yeah I've at least noticed a little bit and how I changed my coxing mm-hmm. men like I'm not gonna say negative, but they like more like specific, like time oriented. More like things. aggressive, cox. Yes. Yeah, there it is. You're like, we are at a 142. We want to be faster than this. Bring it down, like to like. Or like yeah, or if like, I'm coxing a men's boat, I'll be like, we're at a 142. You're better than this. Bring it down into like I'll say that, and like that'll work. But I remember like saying that or like something very similar to that in a woman's boat, and it made the split go up. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like just being- Because I feel like, like they're like, I'm trying my hardest and it's not working. That's yeah. where my mind and goes. Men, so it was like, Which I understand. Like, so like, yeah, it's really, it's also like between, like if I'm coxing like a lower level men's boat to like a higher level men's boat, there's also so just different. a difference between that. Yeah, because with, wow, words, train of thought <laughs> is leaving. Uh <laughs> With, like, these sort of things, with, like, knowing your crew and talking during a race, if you, I feel like if you give them a goal on a boat, mm-hmm. holding them accountable is one thing. I feel like men want to be, like, yeah. I'll use myself as an example. There was a boat that was far up on us, like, they had some open, and I'm calling if they have open and I, like, have t- taken a move, but it didn't do much. 
Mm-hmm. And in my head, like, because I switch between guys and girls, I'm like, in your yeah. head, you're like, if you tell them, will this make them slower? Yeah. And I spoke to the rowers about this. I sent them my recording. Best thing you can ever do, listen to your recording and have the rowers that were in your boat tell you about this recording. Here, I'm going to yeah. pull up what this kid said. Uh, Hold on, stalling. <laughs> stalling, stalling. Yeah. yeah, Rose, would you like to stall for me while I find this? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I feel like just to bring it back in to like kind of close out this question, like of course after Claire says this but like it depends on your crew on how to how they personally like to be motivated and to like do that you need to I I know this is hard sometimes but like get to know them like if you usually cox like the 1v or something like a higher level boat and you're never really like with like lower like lower level people I say like go talk to them anyway because first of all, they're pretty cool. You should, yeah, you should be friends with everyone on your team. I love everyone on my team. They're all so nice. But like, you never know what could happen, like at a regatta. Like, someone could get sick and they ne- may need to like throw you into another boat. And like, you want to be able to like have an idea of like who you're coxing. Yeah, 100%. And also, I don't know how other teams work. Mm-hmm. Like, there might be like there are x amount of races but not enough coxswains mm-hmm. so my team like highest dream like closest to gms gets the best coxswain but then yeah. lowest gms also gets the best coxswain because that's how the race times work not know. so oh gold medal standard yeah. is gms yeah so it's yeah. like so hypothetically fastest boat will get the best coxswain and so will the slowest boat yeah because that's how the timing works like if you're in the 1v 1v coxswain 4v might also have the 1v coxswain because yeah the race times are different okay. all right back to what this kid told me okay we're all over the place so this is lovely he said you should call like how far the boats are ahead of us and if we're walking on them or not yeah and for me the or not I actually like mental locks i was like i don't want to say if we're not but i guess that's what they want to hear yeah. And there's also another thing that so many guys have told me, and I think girls have told me this as well. I just cox guys for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But he said, my ears just cancel out everything in the race. Yeah, I've heard that before. Or like someone, and another variation of that. As a coxswain, just realized they, they're listening to your energy more than anything. Yeah. And okay, that you're talking. That's a big thing my coach has told me about like motivating a, motivating a boat. Like, they don't necessarily listen to, like, all the little things you say, but they'll listen to, like, if you're down some and then you, like, slowly start to, like, build up your voice. They'll listen to, like, that tone change. And, like, that's how they'll respond more than listening to, like, what you're saying. I mean, like, maybe... tone change. Go ahead. Maybe they listen to, like, what you're saying, but, like, usually they're so far into it and, like, so locked into this race and, like, so exhausted like physically and mentally that they're not going to be listening to what you're saying yeah and then also they might just be so maybe they're hearing exactly what you're saying but when the race ends they forget it all yeah maybe but with voice and tone thing 
just because I never fully understood this until like someone explained it to me this way. Yeah. If you bring your voice, if you calm your voice down when you're explaining something. So let's say you're saying in five, so you're like, you're screaming, you're screaming, you're screaming. And then you're like, in about five strokes on my call, we are going to do X, Y, and Z to do this. Ready, that's into, and then you start building that. What? Build and then right like you're building back up. And then yeah. they hear something. When you go down, they know, okay, something's happening. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Some coxswains also say, listen up. I say that sometimes. If it's like a big, like a really big thing that they all know, like we have to do, I'll say, listen up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Moving Just into, be careful with like, it. Moving Some into words. Like, yeah. Don't overuse. Which is hard. What is your favorite call? Or one that made an instant change. Rose, would you like to go while I think? Okay. So I'll say my favorite call. Um, like my favorite call during a race is bow ball. Like screaming bow ball as you pass them is really, it's so fun. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just really fun. It just. Um, the energy in the boat goes up yeah no that's fair and along the lines of that I'll do something where you're starting to walk on a boat instead of being like I'm on 18 I'm on 17 you'd be like I'm on 18 and say the person's name in your boat this is your seat yeah fight for it like that's also I I did that in one of my races and I feel like they liked it sorry going back to like motivating your boat another good part of like motivating your boat is saying their name like even if it's something small like say their names at least one time throughout the race say everyone's name at least one time throughout the race it like it just brings their focus back in to like tuning into your voice a little more into like what you're it could even be technical honestly yeah okay anyways (laughs) sorry and be excited when they finish when they do the technical thing yeah it's like technique and races yeah that's it that's it and then move back into your like regular plan thing yeah and then yeah my favorite call like during practice this one also made like a instant change in my boat it was like it's during steady state pieces I like to say find the control through the hands because like during long steady state pieces like some like at some point the boat will lose control And, like, it'll be on set and everyone will, like, just be trying to rush. And, like, if you bring your voice low and, like, just calm yourself, too. And, like, say, find the control through the hands here into. And then, like, just bring that in. Like, it'll help the set a little and it'll just, like, calm them down some. Yeah, 100%. I have a similar call as well. And it's control with the inside arm. Yeah, that's a good one. Because, like, getting it straight, getting it controlled, it slows at least in my experience it slows down the rush a little bit because everyone's like inside arm inside arm inside like, yeah and also that helps with like the feathering because like that's yeah what and then for like I guess a drive call that made a difference the middle half of the stroke is where I feel, felt like one I use it a lot now but there was like one time that I was in a four I couldn't feel the middle half of the stroke I'm like middle half and then like the boat just picked up I'm like oh okay yeah one, half. one of my favorite like drive calls and it did also make an instant change when I was like looking at my splits on my Cox Fox. Like as I was saying this call, I was like, 
accelerate the drive here that also made a really big change like yeah, you can do some fun and like you can feel that like finish you can feel them like finish together a little more i have one thing left resume okay, okay. i want to talk think, about this too yeah one of my coaches we had like a guest coach come down and he was like makeup words be dr seuss here he was like we're gonna do rhythm calls it's like be dr seuss i'm like okay like like yeah. it, it didn't make sense and then you're like going with the rhythm he's like full rhythm like 80 percent rhythm when you're talking like mm-hmm. okay cool this is fun and i was like acceleration like i feel like it was really fun. a big part of like two k's it's gonna be so awkward at first but like after you do it a few times like find your coach or like another coxswain someone you trust honestly and like close your eyes and do that race visualization with them if you can and like don't just like say all right like don't like really get into it I don't know if that makes sense like you can also do that with your your crew like like, if you're in a hotel your calls if you can it really helps (laughs) I did that at RSR with my aide and we yeah literally sat they all closed their eyes and I just like coxed yeah. the race. It's so yeah. awkward. Like I'm not, yeah. it might get lost awkward. I've done it like once or twice, mm-hmm. but it's, it's fun. Cause you're doing it with your boat. It's like another bonding time. And then they yeah. can immediately say, no, I don't like that. Instead of, yeah. if you have someone in your boat that says, no, I don't like that during a race, they That's might be depressed a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> but like if you're sitting down and they're in their right there they can tell you in their beds like yeah they can say something you're like I won't make that call yeah and it's lovely Mm -hmm. right I think that's about it for our 2k episode I could talk forever about 2k I mean we could but we won't we won't bore you guys we won't yeah um I think yeah, that's about it. If you guys have any more questions that or outro ideas or like anything you want us to talk about at all, or like yeah, if you have any like personal questions that you want, just on it like DM us. Please do. I would love to answer any more questions because two Ks were really scary for me first, and I feel like having someone that I could ask questions to would have helped me like so much more I don't know I feel like that's just amazing just like asking I'm not gonna say like common sense things but like this is what I'm planning do you think it's good or bad like yeah yeah anyways let us know if you have any questions we'd love to answer them we would Uh, love to thanks for tuning in and making it to the end of this episode really means a lot Claire, any last words? We need an outro. We do. We'll come up with we one. We really do. Sometimes. So, someone wanted to DM us an outro? Yeah. Any ideas? We're really open to them. Thank you guys so Bye. much. Talk to you guys later. Bye.